everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast and Mike Springston Facebook Sunday Night Bible Study. Tonight, we're going to talk about part four of the triangle of love with the emphasis on the blood. I hope you enjoy it. We want to welcome all of our podcasters in tonight. Uh, we want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, you can contact us at Springston56 at gmail.com. MikeSpringstonMinistry.com, FFCMA.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. And we want to remind you of our book, I Surrender by Mike Springston, available at Amazon and in your local bookstores. We want to welcome all of our friends from Facebook who are uh, faithful to join us on Sunday evening, and we know that uh, God is being faithful to His Word. We want to begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into the Bible study. We're emphasizing the blood in the triangle of love. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Minister tonight to us. Open our eyes that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then may we apply it to our lives until we're changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us. We surrender ourselves, yield ourselves, and sanctify ourselves to your voice. Show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate, and as the Holy Spirit does, we'll receive it and release it to your people. We'll be transformed, corrected, and made to be more in the image of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it. We give you all the glory in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. The emphasis is on the blood. Our text tonight comes from Romans 3.25, which we use this morning, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in the blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So when we look into the blood, we find it to be the most powerful element with the most force in the supernatural world. Now, we need to know that faith in the blood is the baseline of the operation that brings a person into the triangle of love. The blood, when detonated in the spirit world, destroys all of the work of the devil. Therefore, we can clearly identify those who have truly come through the blood into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What do I mean? Well, if the blood has established the actions of Jesus Christ and they are to be replicated in you by grace, then the flesh and the old nature will be destroyed. You will cease actions that the blood has destroyed. You'll stop seeking the thrills that are associated with the flesh. Why would that be? Because the blood, having detonated, has caused an explosion in your inner man and you are changed by the force of that explosion. You're not the person you were before you met Jesus, in other words, and your desires and ambitions are no longer the same. The blood has changed that part of you that was into actions that define the new nature that is in you. No one should think that the force of the blood is not more distinctive and more powerful than sin. 
No one should think that. Actually, in our modern day uh, belief system, I believe we do think because we don't understand the force of the blood. We think that living with sin is just the natural response. My friend, the blood of Jesus Christ is the most powerful force the world has ever known. No one should ever think that the blood is not more distinctive and more powerful than sin. It was designed by God, my friends, to be that way. It was expressed in Jesus so that when it was shed, it would annihilate the old blood nature of sin. Now, partner, you can't keep doing sin and say you're saved. The force of the blood will absolutely not allow it. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Do you see the word there, forgiveness? It means deliverance. We're delivered by the blood, friends, Sin is eradicated by the force of the blood. Now why is the blood so powerful? Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. For as much as we know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, because corruptible things would have remained in fleshly things. So what God has done in this redemption was not done by anything that you can see feel, touch, taste, any of that. Those things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers. All of those that are saying you can do this in the natural, say this in the natural, give this in the natural, to buy salvation is, is not leading you the correct way. Peter says, but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Here is why the blood has and is the force that changes things in the spiritual world. It was known from the foundation of the world that when the blood struck the earth, it was to be the divine and the precious blood of heaven's perfect Savior. It would flow from the perspective of how heaven had designed it to flow. It would be, if you will, the booker buster for the demonic because it had in its makeup the very power of the Godhead. What do I mean? When Satan fell and was placed into the domain in which he and his cohorts were cast, there was a plan from the foundation before the foundation of the world to eradicate his disloyalty and the seeds of his disobedience. And the blood was the answer. It cannot fail to defeat sin. So if you're doing actions that say you're where you say you're saved and your life continues under the bondage of sin or if you're maintaining your former states of captivity, this dynamic measure of the power of the blood has not accomplished in you what it was sent and designed before the foundation of the world to accomplish. Is the blood weak? 
Has the blood weakened? Has time dissolved the power of the blood? Or is your profession and your confession weak because you have not come into that profession or confession through the blood? Well, my friend, it cannot be the blood because the blood has never lost its power. It's never lost its effectiveness. It has always accomplished exactly what it was sent in the order to accomplish. So your profession and your confession must be in question. Now, they often tell us that our faith is weak and therefore God cannot do for us as we desire. Well, for a fact, I can tell you that concerning the business of the operation of the blood, where that is concerned, to free you from the bondage and captivity of sin, the blood is the only force that can do it, and your faith in the blood is the only means in which it will be done. The issue, though, for those of you who have made a confession and a profession and still attempting to say I'm saved and live in the sinful works of the flesh, all I can say to you is is that you've come into this thing under a misunderstanding of how to be saved and you probably stand in the place of those that Jesus will, if you don't get it fixed, that's why I'm preaching this, if you don't find the blood, come through the blood, get into the proportional events of grace that come from the portions of actions and replications of Jesus Christ, get in through the blood, then I'm concerned with the world that is telling you that grace does it all and you have never come through the blood and therefore your life has never changed. I'm concerned because you stand in the position to not only be left behind, but to hear him say, I never knew you. My friends, this seductive idea that we hear spoken of where grace and love are concerned are seducing people into lives that do not reflect any of the activity of the blood because if they did, they would not be pursuing the things that they're, they're pursuing. In some ways, your teacher, whoever it was that told you that you could be saved by grace alone, through faith alone, never having an application of the blood, because it is the blood that is going to detonate on the inside of you and destroy sin, and thereby releasing the activities of grace. They put the cart before the horse, my friend, and they've seduced you into a life where you are not in the condition spiritually that you think you are. I share in Charles and Bobby. Why is that? Because there is a perfect work that the blood does in your spirit. It came from the precious lamb who had the perfect blood. The force of the blood destroys sin and designs in you a new law. It defeats the old law of sin and death. 
So at this point, someone is saying, if the blood is so strong and so forceful, then how come I still sometimes sin? Well, I've got an answer for that. The answer is this. You allow your flesh to rise up, and you refuse to keep it under subjection. Regardless of how many times the Holy Spirit has checked you on it, you still allow your flesh to rise up and you still allow your mouth to engage words and activities that the Holy Spirit is attempting to get you to suppress. You are living in the choice of how you're dealing with the issues of life and the first thing you turn to is what you used to be. Not what the blood made you, but you have chosen to allow your flesh to rise up without you putting it back in its place. You remain in sin now. You have the understanding. Uh, you, if you remain in sin, you have to understand the means that God has provided for you to be forgiven. There is a means. But this means is going to be available to you. And until you learn how to bring your body under subjection and make your body do what it is it should do, what it is the Word of God says it should do, and become who the Word of God says you are, then you better understand my next statement. What, what am I saying? If it is His work now, that we use who have been brought through the blood, his work of advocacy, which he accomplishes in the temple as the high priest. Now, I want you to get this. This is important. The word of God said, if you sin, not when you sin, when was not to be the lifestyle of the one brought through the blood? Not to be. When was not to be the lifestyle of the one brought through the blood? Now, he is the propitiation of our sin, or he is the one who was victimized for our sin. And we can come back to him by, his, by going into his advocacy, coming under the influence of grace, and be cleansed, purged, and refined. But sin can never be a lifestyle. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead, Indeed, unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at this. This is the operation that the blood does. In effect, the blood operates almost as we would perceive a double-edged sword. It destroys going in and you die. And it heals coming out and therefore... We both die and live by the activity of the blood. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Your mortal body no longer is bound. Look at what Paul said. Let not sin. Who's letting? You are. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Your mortal body no longer is bound by the old blood. So sin and the lusts are destroyed. Now here is why most of you sin. Because you are bound to this 
sin and grace issue. Listen to what Paul says. Neither yield yourselves members as instruments of unrighteousness. Don't be doing unrighteousness. Don't be an instrument of unrighteousness. That is not what you were dead and brought alive by the blood to be. Don't become an instrument of unrighteousness unto sin and expecting that grace is going to be the avenue and everything is going to be okay and God will look over it and God will forget it and God will think, no, I'm not worried about their sin. My friend, he is a holy and he is a pure God. Remember that. He said, but yield, neither yield your members, but choose to yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. How did you come alive? The blood. The blood destroyed was the broker buster that destroyed sin. By the same blood you are brought back to life for the life is the power of life is in the blood. So the blood has done a twofold activity here. Paul speaks about it twice, once in 11 and once in uh, 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 13. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, the blood has covered your mind's will and emotion. Let it be an instrument to God. The blood has covered your eyes. Let them be an instrument to God. The blood has covered your ears. The blood has covered your mouth. The blood has covered your body and your back. The blood has brought you into relationship to the church. The blood has anointed you. The blood is carrying you on your path as a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The blood, the blood, the blood. All of this is happening because the blood and you need to realize you are being made alive because life is in the blood. So we are alive as instruments. We play our instruments, whatever body mechanism they are, being played unto the life that comes from the blood. Now you can control because you're alive in the blood. The blood and your dedication and demand over yourself physically because of the blood allows you to control the things you yield to so that the living blood can produce you as an instrument of righteousness. That's what the blood is doing. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because of grace. Grace did not tell you that it would be the dominion over sin. Grace told you you're saved by grace through faith. But that activity had to have the baseline of the blood. And it is the blood that gives you dominion over sin. You are no longer under the law now. You were brought out from under that old law by the blood. Now Paul brings up what happens next. Now you go under grace. What then, Paul said, shall we sin because we're not under the old law? Because <coughs> the blood 
has allowed us to be dead to the old law and alive to the new law, the double-edged sword of the blood that busts on one side and brings to life on the other, Paul says, no, God forbid such thinking. Now, how do we get to grace? Well, we come through the blood. So what do we see here? What we're really seeing here is the determination of the plan of redemption, of which Paul said in Ephesians 1 and 7, is through the blood. We're forgiven in this plan. Isn't that something? Ephesians 1, 7 says we're redeemed by the blood according to grace. What has happened there? We're seeing the work in the cross. We can gain freedom in this plan from the curse According to Galatians 3.13, where does it happen? In the tomb. We're delivered from the bondage and becoming and become righteous in this plan. Where does it happen? In the resurrection. Look at Romans 5.17, Titus 2.14, 1 Peter 1.14-18. The resurrection. We have been brought into this wonderful plan of redemption. And the blood is the access mechanism. It's the entry point. It's the gate. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his gates with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will come into his gates through an entry point. And what it is, the entry point, is the blood. Is the blood. Now grace begins to be revealed, of which we'll talk about here shortly. Now we have peace with God. Colossians 1, 18 through 20. How did that happen? Well, we found that in the high priesthood of Jesus Christ. We are adopted into the family according to this plan, according to Galatians 4, 5. And that's where he becomes the Lord. Jesus Christ and the mediator over the new covenant. We're indwelt with the Spirit according to this plan of redemption, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And the action of this is equated to the man in the Godhead. Now, how do we get these actions replicated in us? That's the key. Because if we come into them through the blood, there has to be a means where these actions become replicated in us by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8 What a mighty God we serve, my friends. What does the blood release to us from uh, as far as grace is concerned? Well, we are dead to sin. Sin does not reign any longer in our mortal body nor does lust, because the blood has come in and busted all of that up. And then in the next action, the blood has brought into us a new life. Paul called it in Romans 8, 1 and 2, the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Sin has no dominion over us because the blood has brought us into the operation of grace. Now watch this and you'll see why grace is the subsequent operation that comes into your life from the blood. Grace is the release of the portion 
that the blood reveals. I just showed you the six steps of the plan of redemption and how the blood brought you into all of those. Now grace releases the portion of what the blood has revealed. The blood reveals the entire plan of redemption. As I've said, I just showed them to you. All of those great steps that began with the cross, went to the tomb, the resurrection, into the tabernacle, into the Lordship, and concluded in the Godhead. The blood has, has purposed our entrance into that. Grace is now the way that the portion is produced for us. The action, the portion, is produced for us by grace. Who comes into activity now? The Holy Ghost. And he begins to replicate in you exactly what Jesus Christ has accomplished and brought to you by the blood. Grace releases it. The Holy Ghost catches on to it. And you are replicated in the power of grace through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God that came because the blood released it to you. The blood released it to you. And when the blood releases grace, my friend, such great transformation will happen in the life of a believer. Such great transformation will happen in the life of a believer. Of a believer. You will not have to wonder how you quit doing the things you used to do. The drinking, the smoking, the cursing, the running to the clubs, the, the uh, inability to control spending, the inability to control anger, the inability to control lust, the inability to control pride, all of these things. You're going to say, how in the world could God take a man or a woman so steeped in that sin, in that habit of sin? The answer is, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. It comes in and kills the old nature. At the same time, it releases in you the life, the blood, and the spirit of life in Christ Jesus becomes your new nature. There you are, favored by God favored by God, by grace, to come into all of these wonderful things, turn over a life that was headed for hell and put your life in the hands of the man who has completely changed you because he shed his blood for you. What a mighty God we serve, my friends. Now, I'm not done with the blood, but I want you to take a close look at your life. And I want you to ask yourself, has the blood, the mightiest force in the arsenal of God, because it transforms you, the mightiest force, has it accomplished in you what it is that it was designed from the foundation of the world to do? It is the precious blood of His dear Son. Has it done in you what it was supposed to do? Now, if it hasn't completed that work just yet, possibly you didn't understand what the blood was supposed to do and how the blood was going to coordinate with faith and grace.
Maybe you didn't understand that. I would venture to say 90-some percent of our Christian world doesn't understand what I'm preaching. Because we have bought hook, line, and sinker this concept of grace. And that God, through love and grace, would go to take care of everything. Well, my friend, the Word of God does not read that way. And there is a precious blood of Jesus Christ of which that idea tramples on. Tramples on it. Crucifies Christ again of flesh, if you will. It tramples on the blood because the blood being the most powerful, most forceful piece of the arsenal of God for mankind is so powerful that when a man realizes and recognizes the force of the blood and by faith in the blood believes his life changes. And he begins to look for things to get rid of so he can be more like Jesus. So he can die to himself, pick up that cross, and follow Jesus. What causes that, my friend? The blood. The blood. The blood then releases grace and grace begins to apportion to you by your faith again what Jesus has done and the Holy Ghost begins to replicate it in you. And you're changed. Then you're transformed. Then you're living a life in communion with the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for the Word of God. I pray that as we examine ourselves, that we would, we, we would begin to understand the work of the blood. And we would begin to understand that as the blood flows and we receive the blood, all of the avenues of grace open to us and we can walk into grace and walk into the blessing of God, walk into the influence of God, turn away from sin. Father, I thank you for that. Reveal in us an understanding of the blood. And may as we come through the blood, find grace to meet every need and to uplift and encourage and bring peace into our lives. We give you praise and honor and glory for every bit of it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, our man in the Godhead. This week, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray into prayer through the blood. I want you to come in the blood. I want you to tell him, I'm coming through the blood. I want you to ask him to do three things before you ask anything else. Cleanse me. Purge me. And refine me by the blood.
Once I'm satisfied that I'm there, every door and every avenue of grace, the actions of Jesus Christ that are operated and portioned by grace through faith becomes accessible to me because I've come in to prayer and into Him through the precious blood of a perfect sacrifice. My prayer life, my grace life, my blessing life, my promise life, all become deeper, greater, more reachable, and more attainable than I have ever had before. Father, bless them and keep them this week until we have the opportunity to speak again. I see Mary Lily and Linda and Sue, Susan. I pray that God blesses each one of you that has been on. There's Joey. Hi, Joey. How are you doing? I appreciate y'all. May God richly bless you until we have the opportunity to speak again. Enter through the blood. God bless you. Facebook friends, I appreciate you and I, I pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. As you study the Word, may you find Him as Lord and if you do, you'll find Him as the mediator of a covenant that will make every knee bow and every tongue confess. If you find Him as the man in the Godhead, there you'll find Him as the one who will show you great and mighty things to come. May God richly bless you until we have the opportunity to speak again.